0: Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 489. As I had a dozen times before, I fought the urge to tell her I'd reclaimed her ring from Ambrose. I wanted to tell her the story of it, mistakes and all, but I was fairly certain the romantic impact of my gesture would be diminished by the end of the story, where I'd effectively pawned the ring before I left Imra. Better to keep it a secret for now, I thought, and surprise her with the ring itself. So what would you think, I asked, of having Mayor Alvaron for your patron? Denna stopped walking and turned to look at me. What? I'm currently in his good graces, I said, and he owes me a favor or two. I know you've been looking for a patron. I have a patron, she said firmly, one I've earned on my own. You have half a patron, I protested. Where's your writ of patronage? Your Master Ash might be able to give you some financial support, but the more important half of a patron is their name. It's like armor. It's like a key that opens. I know how a patronage works, Dennis said, cutting me off. Then you know yours is shortchanging you, I said. If the mayor had been your patron when things went wrong at that wedding, no one in that shabby little town would have dared to raise their voice to you, let alone their hand. Even from a thousand miles away, the mayor's name would have protected you. He would have kept you safe. A patron can offer more than a name and money, Denna said with an edge to her voice. I'm fine without the shelter of a title, and honestly, I'd be irritated if some man wanted to dress me in his colors. My patron gives me other things. He knows things I need to know. She gave me an irritated look as she flicked her hair over her shoulder. I've told you all this before. I'm content with him for now. Why not have both, I suggested. The mayor in public and your master Ash in secret. Surely he couldn't object to that. Alvaron could probably even look into this other fellow for you, make sure he's not trying to win you with false... Dena gave me a horrified look. No, God, no. She turned to me, her expression earnest. Promise me you won't try to find out anything about him. It could ruin everything. You're the only one I've told in all the wide world, but he'd be furious if he knew I'd mentioned it to anyone. I felt a bizarre glow of pride at this. If you'd really rather I not, Denna stopped walking and set her harp case down on the cobblestones where it made a hollow thump. Her expression was deadly serious. Promise me. I probably wouldn't have agreed if I hadn't spent half the previous night ending the page. I'm Jeremy.
1: I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. Ah, this situation is so tense. (laughs)
0: It is very tense. I would like to jump in with something that I was going to mention yesterday and decided not to because the text actually happens on this page. But Nick, you asserted yesterday that the song that Denna has been working on that she's going to show off to Kvothe is her life's work. And I don't think that that's true based on the evidence of the text today. Because Denna says, my patron gives me other things. He knows things I need to know. So I don't think the song is like, is her life's work in the same way that searching for the Chandrian is Kvothe's life's work. I think the song is for her a means to an end. It's something that her patron commissioned from her that she is doing in order to get what she really wants, which is something that her patron knows. Jeremy, that is a thoughtful, well-reasoned argument.
1: I have a sort of build on that. And that is that... I agree with Jeremy in that the song is not her life's work, but I don't think that it's not part of it. I don't think that she's just doing the song for her patron because her patron will give her information in exchange for the song. I think the song is part of, like, she has to do the song in order to learn the thing that she needs to learn from her patron.
0: Yeah. I
2: think that's what Jeremy is saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. That we agree. Okay. We all agree.
1: Wonderful.
0: Like Yeah, the song might be a piece of whatever it is Dena needs to know, but it's not the thing entire. Indeed.
2: No, the thing entire is a hubcap.
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I think it speaks volumes that Quoth wouldn't have agreed to not look into. Like Only the fact that he spent all of yesterday invading her privacy prevents him from just like saying you know what you're my friend and you this means a lot to you so i will promise like he has to he still wouldn't have done it he's still so ob- obstinate
0: well and you know he has acknowledged about himself that he just can't help putting his nose where it doesn't belong he can't help having to know things like he's he's the embodiment of curiosity killed the cat but he he acknowledges the, about that about himself without ever like interrogating it without ever sitting down and going oh in my relentless pursuit of having to know everything, I sometimes like betray people's trust and hurt people. And, you know, maybe he's figured that out about himself in the frame narrative. Uh, it's not clear, but he certainly hasn't figured that out about himself right now.
1: I have a note and it's sort of on quotes judgmental language. So he's talking to Denna about the patron and he says, uh, then you know, yours is shortchanging you. If the mayor had been your patron when things went wrong at that wedding, no one in that shabby little town would have dared to raise their voice to you. Shabby little town is an interesting word for Kvothe to be using, because that feels not like Kvothe kind of language, that feels almost like Ambrose kind of language. Like, why would Kvothe feel that a town was shabby when he was part of the admirer who would have visited, like, many, many towns and probably seen lots of different ways of life why is this one shabby why is he using that word for yeah i I think it's a a tell
2: as to his i think it's a tell as to his emotional state i agree jordana that it it is it is uh indecorous of quoth to add this value judgment to the town of trebin and i mean like they were they're a backward town of bumpkins
0: they had like five buildings between them it was a shabby town
2: i think what he's trying to say you know a a uh a generous reading of this is that he's trying to indicate that this town wouldn't have put up a fight to someone who was able to drop the
0: mayor's name.
1: Yes, I, I agree that that is what he's trying to say. It's just I think that the language he's using doesn't feel like something he would normally use.
0: I don't think there's anything in Quote's characters to suggest that like, he wouldn't prefer to live in a nice place than a shabby place and that he's not going to comment on a place that is like down at the heels. Especially because they treated Dennis so poorly, part of his reasoning here is that like those people would have lynched Dennna they would have like burned her at the stake as a witch as far as he's concerned, so why wouldn't he think that they were at the very least shabby?
1: well then what and what defines shabby
2: okay let, i I want to jump in and say i don't i I don't know that defining shabby is a a valuable avenue of discussion, but do you think that quotes. Judgement of that town is highly influenced by by what Jeremy pointed out that they were going to kill Denna probably, um, and that he does not think well of them. I also agree with Jordana that it does seem a little out of character to me to to use this to just talk down to uh, common folk in this way because normally Quoth is so normally Quoth is so understanding of people who don't live in splendor being as he hails from
0: uh, those
2: people as well.
0: I don't think that's true. I think Foth is quite judgmental about both rich and poor just for different things. He has no problem assigning the the label of superstitious bumpkin to the entire civilization of Vint based on like, the two or three vintage people that he's met and what he's like learned about them in books. He, he makes a point of saying like the farther you go from the university, the more ignorant and backwards and stupid people are because they don't know all the things I know. So I think it's completely in character for him to dismiss this town of, you know, rural simpletons who Also happened to, as far as he's concerned, and I want to make it clear that we don't actually know that this is what they would have done, but as far as Quoth is concerned, they were going to burn the girl he loves at the stake. So, like, not only is he already, I think, inclined to pass judgment on everybody, because he is, like, an arrogant know-it-all, but also he has particular reason to pass judgment on these people
1: fine it's still i don't know something about it feels off
0: i agree with you jordana i think you're right that it's like hypocritical of him if he is going to position himself as oh i come from this poor and oppressed marginalized group you know it's not completely consistent for him to say ah but these poor yokels are a bunch of dumb fucks. that's not like a consistent thing to believe but it's not out of character i don't think Lots of people, lots of real and fictional people believe things that are inconsistent. Well,
2: it's two against one, so by podcast rules, uh Jordana's interpretation wins. Mm. We have another letter today.
1: Also, you're on the fence.
2: No, I I'm on your side.
1: Oh, Okay. You seemed sort of on the
2: fence. I'm trying to be equinam equ equanimous, equimanus. Jeremy, how do you pronounce that word?
0: <laughs> Equinavitas? <laughs> <laughs> you're, trying to, to, you're trying to display the quality of equanimity?
2: That's right. That's right. I'm trying to do that thing. And maybe that's what puts Jordana on the fence most days, but I want to firmly plant my foot on Jordana's turf today. We have a letter today from Patrick Not who writes on a note from my reread. Hello, pagers. I have recently relapsed and am rereading these books again. I just read the chapter where Quoth buys Elksha Dal lunch, and Dal tells the story of the ignorant Edema. Dal initially says he will not have a drink, but then orders a glass of Follows Red, which comes in a wide clay cup. When Dal finishes his story, he drinks the last sip from the cup and sets it upside down on the table. When Quoth went to hear Scarpy's story in Tarbine, he also ordered Follows Red, also served in a wide clay cup, and also drained it and set it upside down on the bar at the end of the story. This could indicate that both Scarpy and Dahl are members of the same group, possibly the emir, and this is some way that they signal their presence to other members. What do you think? Also, you have said that it's unclear if Quoth sent his ring ahead to Kodakus before stopping by when he was drugged. I have found some evidence that he did. Day one, the mayor sends Quoth to get his medicine, and Quoth decides to go without sending a ring ahead. Day two, though it does not explicitly say Quoth sent the rings, he does see the rings offered back to him on a tray in the sitting room. He makes a special point of this elegant way of wordlessly offering the rings back. Day three, Quoth drinks the tea, which makes him high. And then he goes to fetch the medicine, and Codicus asks Quoth if he would like the rings back. I think it can be assumed that Quoth was sending the rings to Codicus each time after the first. Thanks, as always, signed Patrick Not Rothfuss. P.S. I have found a 500 milliliter bottle of lemon-flavored fish oil. It is not cod, but close enough. If Jordana could chug that and keep it down, I would consider the wager settled. And then I link to... The oil.
1: Uh-oh.
0: Our official podcast <laughs> medical advisor has explicitly forbidden Jordana from chugging <laughs> the fish oil.
1: Well, just like during the time in which hospitals have lots of people in them, just in case. Because, <laughs> like, I shouldn't go to Emerge if COVID is
2: still Imagine showing up at Emerge in the middle of a pandemic and being like, I chugged a
0: bottle of oil for a podcast. Because I didn't believe this would make me sick. I didn't believe that I would have to throw this up.
2: <laughs> I didn't, didn't think of that at all when you we were doing it. I never for an instant thought you might have to go to a merge. Jordana. God, can you imagine? <laughs>
0: oh, God. I don't know what to make of the of the fact that Scarpy and Elk Doll have the same blocking. Even I am not willing to chalk up to coincidence. Like, it would be one thing if they ordered the same wine. It'd be one thing if they ordered a drink that came in the same cup. And it would be one thing if they both put their cups upside down. But the fact that all three are true of both of them, that's too much to be a coincidence. But if they are both a mirror and they are signaling, like, who are they signaling to in those scenes? Right? Like, there's no other reason for us to think that there are other Amir around unless this is a thing that you, unless this is a thing that you just do all the time as a habit in case there's other Amir around, unless of course they already think they think Quoth is already an Amir.
1: What if they're both signaling to Kvothe, uh hoping that he'll recognize the similarity the first time. Uh, so Scarpy does it and he's showing Quoth like the thing And then when El Chadal does it, he's trying to see how observant Quoth is and if he'll recognize it because they're secretly the same person.
2: (laughs) I don't think that they're signaling to Quoth. I think that it is tradition uh, and it is either like an old storytelling tradition that, uh, you know, that's older than God or it is part of the induction ceremony. Or it is perhaps uh, some kind of like tradition that when you tell a part of this story, because I have you know an ongoing theory that all the stories that Kvothe hears are part of the same bigger story, that when you tell a part of that story, you you if you are part of this this tradition, you do these actions as well. So I don't think that it's necessarily meant to signal something to somebody, but I do think that it is part of a ritual of some kind, be it just like a storyteller tradition. But just like, you know, an old tradition that you do out of habit uh, because it has some kind of old import or a tradition that it's like they are a mirror and they are doing some kind of ritual that they do whenever they tell a part of the story that is like their defining text.
0: I mean, I think like so many of the mysteries in this book, this is at at a certain point, speculation is fruitless because, you know, there's there's not enough data for us to to confirm our hunches.
1: We'll just have to wait for book three.
0: That's right. And you can wait with us on tomorrow's page of The Way.